welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on March 19th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries here at St. Mark's, You'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Deacon Ingalori Lisher with a gospel reading. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went, washed, and came back seen. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others says, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the one. They asked, Who healed you? What happened? The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? they asked. I don't know. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them, He put mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? I think he must be a prophet. The leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called his parents. They asked them, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, We know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, He is old enough, ask him. For the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do? How did he heal you? Look, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. 
We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange. He healed my eyes, yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born entirely in sin, and you were trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. I came into this world for judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Good morning and grace and peace to you. Have you ever heard a story that's hard to believe or seen something that you know to be true, but it's so extraordinary that you question what you actually saw or what the person said, doubting their experience because you haven't seen it, heard or done it, or maybe you can't imagine what it would be like. We live in a world filled with doubt and mistrust. People question everything, even things that are proven true. And while I'm a fan of curiosity and loving the questions themselves, I also know that deeply rooted in me are some things and some experiences and some absolute truths that could only come from faith, from believing in Jesus and his identity as God. These are the aha moments that are hard to put into words and sometimes happen so quickly that I barely notice them. How we encounter God, how we look at Jesus is different for each and every one of us, but it's also something that no one can take away from me or from you. It's your story. It's my story. And it's the story of belief in the one who heals and sees us. And we have a story to tell. And so did the man who was born blind and who was healed by Jesus. What a story this man had to tell. A man born blind was given sight. So instead of celebrating with him, rejoicing in this miracle, this sign of God at work in the world, those around him are blinded by their own judgments, their own assumptions, opinions, and even understandings of the law and scripture. All of these things get in the way of seeing what was right and who was right in front of them. The question of who sinned is brought up over and over again. Was it this man, his parents, Jesus? The issue of sin seems to be more important than the miracle itself. And I admitted to the Bible study group on Wednesday that I am challenged about how many times the phrase who sinned is used in this scripture. And it's not because I think I'm without sin. Trust me, I'm not. It's more the of the way the word is used, assuming that sin equals a cause for his blindness or the reason and justification for it. Which, of course, we, as in our postmodern 21st century world, know this is not how it works. This is not how God works. At least, I hope we know that. 
But the understanding of sin and the conditions of people at Jesus' time and in the Hebrew scriptures was so much different and so more complicated as they tried to understand the why things were the way they were. Jesus refuses to enter into the argument started by the disciples about who sinned. Jesus rejects the premise of their question and states there's no relationship between the man's condition and sin or punishment from God. This story is not about that, but it is all that they can see and all they can talk about. And in doing so, they miss what is actually happening in front of them, the true miracle in the story. They are blind to what is actually happening. What they miss is Jesus healing the man who was born blind, Jesus kneeling in the dirt, spitting on the ground to make mud and rub the muck on the man's eyes and telling him to go and wash in the water. Jesus could have easily declared this man healed just with his voice, called it good with a wave of his hand, but instead he comes back to the earth. Pastor, artist, and writer Jan Richardson in her writings from the Painted Prayer Book for this Sunday in Lent described Jesus' actions as this. Throughout his ministry, we see him touching the world around him, turning to the things of earth to help us see the things of heaven. This gospel's reading underscores it for us. Jesus is no sterile savior. He is not interested in remaining tidy and removed. With a beautiful and earthly economy of gestures, Jesus reveals himself as the one who is willing to fully inhabit the messiness of our world and of our lives. He is ready to enter into the muck with us. He engages the muck as a place where holiness happens, where sludge becomes sacramental, and through grimy eyes, we begin to behold the face of love, beholding us right back. This man born blind is now healed, and he sees. He sees Jesus for who Jesus is and calls him Lord. But before all of that, Jesus sees him for who he truly is, a child of God. And this child has a story to tell, if only they would listen and see with their own eyes. In the midst of their questioning, dragging his parents into this conversation for proof, and more and more questions and doubt on who he is and who healed him, he tries in the words of the Covenants of Presence, which some of you are familiar with, to author his story. He tries to tell his story so others might understand and might be inspired and might see the works of God played out in the world. But this is not an easy task. This man who has probably been seen day after day by his neighbors and those who walked by him begging in their daily journey didn't recognize him and didn't believe him when he said he was who he was. Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, but, not, but no, but someone who looks like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they wanted proof. They couldn't believe what they were seeing, so they took him to the religious leaders to try to understand and to see more clearly. But they were blind to what this really was. Maybe it's because they never really looked at the man, or maybe it's because he wasn't living into the narrative or the story they already had in mind for him. His story had changed, and because of this, theirs would too, for all of them. They missed the point. 
Instead of rallying around him and rejoicing with him, they try to restore the status quo, the social hierarchy, and now Jesus is the one who's called sinner. Healing on the Sabbath is just too much for them. Instead of seeing the miracle of what happened, they see the broken law. They see the weeds and not the flowers that are growing. Writer and biblical commentator Debbie Thomas writes, Most of the people encounter Jesus are too busy seeing what they want to see. A magician, a heretic, a political and military leader, a carpenter's son, a wise man, a phony, a clerical threat. To notice what the blind man, free of filters, discerns by the end of the story. The blind man alone sees Jesus as the son of man and calls him Lord. We might say then that this is one of the rare and beautiful moments in the gospel when Jesus himself is truly seen. The man born blind sees Jesus as holy and purely as Jesus sees him. The gaze and recognition in the story are mutual. So what is your story? What are you blind to and what do you see? Where do you see God at work in the world? When have we encountered Christ? As Lutheran Christians, this might be too earthy or even too warm and fuzzy of a question to ask and maybe a bit too personal. But these questions are the ones I often ask our students. In fact, I've probably asked them before on a Sunday morning. But they are the ones I like to revisit over and over again to remind myself that God is at work, not just in the scriptures that we hear in worship, but God is, work, is at work in you and in me and in our world, in the big and small things, even when we can't see God in our midst. Because God sees things in people that we do not. God recognized David as the king before Samuel did. Jesus saw the woman at the well for who she was and not for how others saw her. Jesus saw the man born blind as a person while others saw the scandal or the sin. Next Sunday, Jesus will see his friends in despair and weep with them. And today, Jesus sees you. In the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our blindness, our need and loss, and even in our joy and hope, Jesus sees us for who we are, for who you are, a beloved child of God. And it is with this promise that we can lean into when others might not understand or believe in themselves. This is your story. This is our story. The story that began at creation when God dug in the dirt and created humankind in God's image. The story that continues in the river and through the waters of baptism, at the table with grain and vine. This is the story of Jesus who enters the muck with us and for us when we remember through the dirt and ash that we are dust and to dust we shall return. How might you tell the story of how God lives in you and sees you as we sing out, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>